0: Ahoy, legend! Welcome to The Leadership Question. I'm Travis Thomas, CEO and Executive Coach at Team Buffalo. Over the last decade, I've worked with thousands of leaders to overcome some of the most difficult leadership challenges by using a blend of psychology, business, and strategy. This podcast has no theories, no gimmicks, and no bullshit. Just answers to your leadership questions so you can lead a team, company, and successful career. Let's get started with today's episode. Ahoy! Welcome to today's episode of the Team Buffalo Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about change, and not the spare change in your pocket. Uh, I'm not apologizing. I don't care. (laughs) We're talking about change, as in change within your team. And the question for today is, why aren't my team's behaviors changing? Why aren't things getting better? What's happening where you're putting in all this effort or you think you're putting in all this effort and you're not getting the outcome that you're after? So I'm going to talk you through some of the things you might be struggling with, why that might be happening, and then some of the tactics you can deploy to get back on top of that. So as always, the focus of these episodes is actionable insights. And that's what we're after today with a bit of humor, of course. So what are some of the issues you might be facing? You know, there's such a spectrum of things that can be impacting you and your team and represent the poor behaviors that you're seeing across the organization. We're not going to go through an exhaustive list today, but what I do think is important to start to unpick is what are the things that are driving you a bit bonkers? The behaviors where you go, man, I'm just I feel like every week I'm having to have this conversation or oh, this continues to be a problem. So a good example of this, one that I see quite often, is two team members not getting along with each other. And so instead of them talking to each other and instead of possibly you getting them set up for the right success, you have to act as the referee in between them. and You have to go, oh, you know, Sally's come to see me today on this, Joe's come to see me on that, I guess I'm going to have to go talk to them, or you just play therapist, but you're not really getting them towards a change in behavior. You're just making them feel better about their dysfunction with each other. And I think that's an important distinction to make is, you know, if you're as a leader defaulting to making people feel okay, or just a bit better emotionally, because of what's happened rather than treating the symptom or empowering your team to go treat that symptom, then that's not as effective because you're always going to be stuck in that role. It's not effective at all. So that's one, you might be seeing conflict that's going unmanaged. Two is, you know, miss deadlines and people not living up to the expectations that you've set. Three could possibly just be habits. You know, you want people to do certain follow-up activities. You want them to manage certain behaviors or certain customers a specific way. There could be a number of things you'll know. For example, if you were running a team in a technical role, Um, like a team of engineers, you might be wanting to see a specific habit where they document the process and it goes into the central database or central file share area. And that then allows others in the team to access it and use the same approach. Why would you care about that? It creates uniform and consistent outcomes across their practice. And it also helps other people gain knowledge where maybe they don't have that knowledge without having to burn hours on it. So it's a really great opportunity to share knowledge across the team. But you might be battling with this and that the engineers who are not doing it are actually really good engineers, but they're not filling in the forms, they're not entering the data, and so you're losing the opportunity to take your team from good and having some really good players to consistently great by having standards across the whole team. That's really important. If you stop and think about that, you're, yeah, actually, that that's tricky because they are good at what they do. So their core role, they're quite good at that. But I have an expectation that they're not meeting. So how do I get them to change? And why, when I mentioned it to them last time, has that behavior not changed? What has happened? So those are the examples. Now, what might you be doing that's causing that to happen? And you're like, hold on, Travis, Like, how am I taking the blame for this? Well, it's not always going to be you, of course, but there are a few areas where you have to take responsibility for how you drive that. And then we'll talk about this kind of process skill and will dimension in a moment, which will give you a a better way to understand, well, where is this breaking down? And where is it my responsibility versus their responsibility? So what are some of the habits, some of the things I see as classic ones where I'm coaching someone and they say, hey, my people are not changing. Um, They keep doing X. And I go, cool. Talk to me about what you've done with A, B, and C. And they go, oh, i haven't done that, or I did that once or, you know, whatever. So the first is not being explicit. You know, with that engineering example, we just spoke about, have you been explicit in saying the expectation I have of this team that you all have agreed to is that you will finish a project, you will document the project and you will upload that project file and debrief into the shared center or knowledge base or whatever you use. That's being explicit, not being explicit. What I sometimes see is the opposite of that as leaders saying, hey, just a reminder, everyone put this in the database. Well, when, how, who, what does that look like? What's the standard? It feels like you, one, you might say, I've told them, but yes, have you really been explicit in what you're asking for and what good looks like? If you haven't done that, then of course, it's not going to get to the standard you're after. So not being explicit is the first one and articulate in that description and what you expect is incredibly important. Then next is saying it too few times, you know, this is an interesting one. I, I've sometimes find that leaders are really busy. We're all busy, right? I, I know what it's like. I, you know, I'm a leader and I've dealt with all these challenges myself, but you might be really busy and you mention it once. You go, hey, everyone needs to make sure they put this in the database. Then you come back a couple weeks later. No one's done it. And you're frustrated. You go, what the fuck, guys? Like, we had a conversation about this. I don't understand why this has happened. So you get a bit grumpy about it. Then when you see the team next time, you go, how come none of these are in the database? And people go, oh, I didn't know we were supposed to do that. And you're frustrated even more because you go, hold on. I told you to do this. What the hell do you mean you didn't know? Well, You knew. But the problem wasn't whether they knew or didn't know. And and it probably was some of them genuinely didn't know. But the problem is you didn't say it enough. So when you say something, think about relationships you have. There might be a time where your partner or spouse at home has said something to you. You've kind of half heard it, but then you've been interrupted or you got a phone call or you just your brain switched gears. And then the next week they're like, oh, hey, you. Did you do that thing we talked about? And you go, oh, sorry, I forgot. And then they get grumpy with you. It's kind of that similar thing. It's, well, if I haven't said it enough times, people don't understand that one, it's important. And two, there's a lot of noise in the workplace. So our job as leaders is to help people understand where they should focus their time and energy. They're smart people, but sometimes distractions get in the way and we have to continue to reinforce that. Hey, this is where I really want you to spend your time. I'm going to keep reminding you until we get there. Third is lack of clarity. Um, so this ties in with being explicit, but articulating really what you're after. So you need to be explicit. You need to say it multiple times, but you need to be really clear on what you're asking for. What does good look like? So often, I mean, literally the number of times I've asked this question in coaching where someone said, well, they're just not doing a good job. I said, explain to me what a good job looks like. Well, they would have done this. and I'm like, but tell me, like, show me what is that standard? Oh, well, we we don't have that documented anywhere. Okay, do you have an example of what a good one looks like? No. (laughs) like, Okay, well, look, I'm sure there is a better version than what they've done. But if you can't help me see what's possible, and what good looks like, how am I going to get there? How am I going to own that? How do I know if good is good enough? You know, your version of good might be someone else's version of poor. And their version of poor might be, you're amazing. Like it's, it's all these different variations that are quite subjective. So we have to remove that subjectivity and make it objectively clear that this is what good looks like. When I say I want it to this standard, I've been explicit. I've said it this many times, but this is the standard. Look, here's a template for the engineers of a good project debrief. Amazing. Because now I've been explicit in what I wanted. I've said it multiple times, so no one can get out of it. I've probably said it in email and reports and whatever else, in meetings. And I've been really clear on what good looks like. Well, there's no excuse now. And we'll get to the rest of that in a second. So when you've done all of that, there's a, a kind of checks and balances. thing. It's not really the, the term I would use is that there's a process you can work through. And it's really quite simple, but it does work. Um, and it has three ca- core components, it's process, skill, and will. I've used this for, oh, God, back when I was in corporate um, in the U.S., Oh, even back then. So I'd say coming up on 20 years, this has been uh, a process and frame that I've used. It seems really simple, but it really quickly allows you to identify where there's an opportunity to understand the breakdown, So if I said to those team of engineers, as an example, that I want you to do this, you know, I've been explicit. Here's this, you know, put the document in there. I've said it multiple times and then I've been really articulate in what good looks like. I've done the first part, right? And then now I can work through process, skill and will to understand what happened when they don't do it. So let's say everyone's doing it well on the team, but Tony uh random name not associated with anyone but tony is not doing it to the standard right so you you sit down with tony you go hey tony you know I've, I've seen you've been putting the forms in but um they're not quite at the level I was hoping for um, can you can you tell me what's going on? Talk talk me through how you created this. And this is where process skill and will get it gets really useful. So Tony might go through and you go well I just followed the instructions here. And it turns out Tony's using an old set of instructions, but the process didn't, wasn't updated to reflect that. Well, that's a process problem, right? So we have to go, hold on. I can't be grumpy with Tony. Even though everyone else got it right, he followed the process and he still got the wrong outcome. That means the process is defective and needs to be improved. So Tony, I'm really sorry. Actually, those instructions are wrong. I'm going to update the work instructions, put them in the process now. So you have the current set and then you should be good to go. Do you have any questions? No, fine. See you later. The next possible conversation is Tony comes in, he sits down, you have that same conversation and Tony goes, well, I tried, but this is as good as I could get it. And possibly the issues in that example, we could say that Tony's writing was not up to a good standard. He wrote really poorly. His grammar was off. He just wasn't good at it. And so we might say, well, Tony... Show me some of your other work or let's have a look at some other pieces and see how you've gone. And consistently, Tony is poor at writing reports. We would argue there that, again, trying to push him to a really high standard when he doesn't have the ability to write effectively is not good. It would frustrate you and frustrate him and he would have a path out of that. So there we're talking about a skill problem. The process is correct. Tony wants to get it right but he doesn't have the skills to get it done. And that's where we start looking at training or micro courses or some coaching or mentoring from other people where they can lift his skills so he can write better reports. So that's skill. We get him upskilled. We send him on his way and make sure he's doing it. Now, the last one is will. We say to Tony, all right, Tony, you know, this is going on. Take me through the process you followed. Tony goes, ah, it's this process we're supposed to follow. Yeah, okay. But I don't like that process. Oh, all right. And when I did it, it it made the report to the standard, but I think it's a waste of my time. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, Tony, I'm I'm sorry to hear you say that, but actually this is what we've set as the standard and you have to follow it. Well, I just, I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's a good use of my time and I'm not going to do it. So I'm just letting you know now it's not going to happen. That conversation is a clear indication that Tony is not interested and there's a will problem. The will is the thing where he, he's got everything he needs, he's got the skills, he's got the process, but he's decided I don't want to do the thing you're telling me to do and I'm not going to do it. As a leader, that becomes a harder conversation of course, and then if you look at yesterday's episode on difficult conversations, that's where you would have to dig in and use that framework. We're not going to go into that at A deep level today but i'd say you need to prepare for a difficult conversation and they need to prepare for a series of difficult conversations because in my experience having dealt with dozens of difficult people throughout several years tony's not going to change in one conversation and potentially it will require performance management and then you get to performance management and tony does change or he doesn't change but you're in for a journey so it's like get your running shoes on and keep going um but the you can't relent on that. There's no way out of that conversation because the absence of pushing Tony will mean Tony's won. And now people around him will go, what the hell? How come he doesn't have to follow the standard? And we do. Doesn't work like that. So if you're looking at back to our central question, why your team isn't changing. We've been really clear on you need to be explicit. Explicit. You need to say it enough times and you need to be articulate in what you're trying to outline. We've talked about some of the examples and use that engineering. One as a frame to really pull through today's episode. And then I've given you the process, skill and will consideration just as a really basic assessment tool. There are far more advanced ones, but that's for a podcast episode, quite easy to cover and still really, really effective. And when you get to the end of that, you know that if process broke down, you've got work to do and that needs to be worked on. If skill's not there, you've got some work to do. But in conjunction with the person committing to improving their skills and then with will, it is buckle up. Um, Sometimes with the will, I will say one kind of last comment on there is with the will that people can change. Sometimes simply by going, you know, Tony, I hear you, but I'm I'm not changing this. I'm not backing off. I'm not going to pull back on this as a requirement. You're going to have to get on board if you want to be part of this team. And Tony might go, fine, whatever. And then does it, right? He might be grumpy about it. I don't care. He'll get over it over time. Or he won't get over it, but that's his issue. You want the high standard and he'll get there. But other people will not buckle and change. So just be aware that the will can shift sometimes by the act of bringing it out into the light. But be prepared that will is the hardest thing to change in people because they have to want it. It's literally the will of the person. Good. That's been today's episode on why your people aren't changing on your team and what you can do to affect meaningful change and start to get progress there. So go through those areas we talked about, look at how you've got your message put together, use that framework, and then away you go. I look forward to seeing you in tomorrow's episode. As always, you can check out more content on our website at teambuffalo.co. And if you want the newsletter to sign up for that, which dropped today, really good issue, already getting emails back on it, it's teambuffalo.co slash newsletter, and you can sign up there. Thanks for tuning in today's episode. Keep being a kick-ass leader, and I'll see you tomorrow.